0: Hello and welcome to the Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your Sioux Nation Ag Center staff host, Amber Boffman. And joining me today on the show is Van Manchim, who is a producer near Clome, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us to tell us a little bit about your involvement with the South Dakota soil health collation and practices you have implemented in your operation. I read that you've been improving your soil health and drastically reducing your winter workload by prearranging hay bales in a grid on the land that you've selected for improvement. By doing this, you allow the cattle to access only a few bales at a time. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So the reason we started bale grazing is because over time we were haying this piece of ground multiple years and removing that hay off the landscape. And as I've been going through the soil health journey, I'm realizing that I was removing all the nutrients from that ground. And so I started bale grazing to leave the nutrients on that select ground where we hayed And so we line the bales up in rows of 15, and then we give them roughly four to five days of feed at a time. And we don't give them the next row of bales until they've done a really good job of cleaning up the bales that we do provide for them.
0: What would you like to say about how this practice improves the soil?
1: Well, what I was noticing, I was I was just robbing the carbon and nutrients off that land, and I was, the production of that grass just kept dwindling over time. Also, we were uh, decreasing our water infiltration. We started getting, we were getting some saline areas that was turning white, and it was killing the grass, and then we were getting weeds growing in there, and cattails were even growing because it was so, getting so wet that I knew I had an infiltration problem on that land, and... Where we feed the bales, we have really increased the water infiltration of that area. And so now the water is actually going in the ground like it is supposed to, instead of running across the ground and running into the low areas. So in three years, we've seen our production on that ground increase about 30%.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. How often do you move fences?
1: Depending on the weather, on how cold it is and how the cattle are consuming the bales, but roughly four to five days we give we figure that's enough time for them to clean them up and that's just something we don't have to do every day we could set it up where we move them every day but we figure that'd be foolish and we're trying to cut our workload during the winter time and uh so yeah we we set it for four or five days
0: uh you mentioned your workload in the winter time so how much time has this saved you that you're not feeding them
1: Well, I would guess roughly probably two hours a day uh, per herd. I bring in 600 head of cows in the wintertime and bale graze them and run them on our cover crops and corn silver. And I know like during this winter when we did have to feed, it took us roughly eight hours to feed the cattle every day and make sure they had water and that sort of thing. They're in multiple locations. They're across about six miles apart from each other. And uh, so I would say it roughly saves us. Five to six hours a day. Wow. I'm doing that.
0: That's very impressive. Yeah. It's almost a full-time it, job just feeding them, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And we're letting the cows do the work. Uh, yeah. The cattle are, are made to graze. Um, they're healthier when they graze. Uh, it's just more natural for them. You know, and this year we really realized because we had a lot of snow, so we had to feed for about 30 days, where in the prior years I my claim to fame was that, I was feeding all these cattle for 90 days in the wintertime and not starting a tractor. And so it's very economical. Uh, You don't have wear and tear on the tractor. You're not burning fossil fuels. And uh, yeah, it's very economical. And I'm good for the cattle and it's very time savings
0: Yeah, especially saving on fuel. It's not cheap these days at all. No. So switching gears, I heard that you have an upcoming soil health school. Would you like to say anything about that?
1: So I'm a director for the South Dakota Soil Health Coalition, and annually we have a soil health school in the summertime, and this year it happens to be in Garrison, South Dakota, August 28th through the 30th at the Carson and Bly Farms, and the soil health school is really a great way for people, producers that don't quite know if they want to go on this journey or have started this journey and really want to move forward with it. Because it's a three-day event and it's pretty intensive. Uh, in the morning, we have speakers come in from across the Midwest and give talks on different practices of soil health. And then we, uh, in the afternoon, we actually go out into the field On these farms and see it actually being implemented. So you can actually get your boots on the ground and your hands dirty, and we dig a soil pit. You can get in the soil pits. We have cover crops out there. We have cattle grazing cover crops. So we just have multiple practices that promote soil health. And you actually get to see how it's implemented on a large scale on a farm. These aren't just like a test plot. These are actual farms that are doing this uh in their normal practices and so it's a really good way to uh interact with people uh other producers that have been on this journey the board's all there these professionals from academia and usda and uh, our other partners are there and it's just a great way to really get a good handle on what it takes to go on this journey and the benefits you can receive from going on the soil health journey. So that's yeah, August 28th to the 30th near Garrison, South Dakota. And we move it around the state. It's been in Mitchell. It's been west of Aberdeen. Uh, it's been by Salem. Next year, we actually in 2024 we actually go up to the Millbank area. So we're moving it across the state, so you know people don't have to travel a long ways if they don't want to, but they sure can. And it's a limited amount of people. We can't we can't be too big uh, because it's really hands on, and uh, we want to help build those relationships with with producers. And help them start on their journey.
0: How would somebody sign up for something like that? Is there an email or do they need to call?
1: Uh, the best way to go would be to go to our website, which is www.sdsoilhealthcoalition.org. And on the website would have the brochure that you can fill out. And also there'd be uh, our phone number on there that you could call to get registered.
0: Perfect. I hope to see some people taking advantage of that.
1: Yeah, it's, every year it fills up. So I wouldn't, uh, if you're thinking about it, I would get registered. Yeah, we fill up every year. We only take 35 producers.
0: Would you like to talk about the Growing Connections Mentor app?
1: Yeah, so uh, with our partners, the Soil Health has some really great partners help us with our journey, I would say. The USDA NRCS is one of our major partners. And along with South Dakota DANR and South Dakota Conservation Districts, Pheasants Forever, Ducks and Limits, uh, South Dakota Grasslands Coalition, and South Dakota State University Extension, we came up with this mentor app, which is called Growing Connections. And what it is, you know, in a nutshell, it is a social media app, that you sign up for, and it's very similar to like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or some of those other things. But the, what we really want to do is connect producers with mentors that have been on this soil health journey that can help someone that is looking to do it. So there'll be a lot of information on there of people that are what they're doing what they're trying different things you're trying it's a way to build a relationship with a person so you can get on there and and you can actually ask a mentor in your area you can find somebody that's in your area that's a mentor and go and ask that person a question uh, on the app and they'll respond uh, with what they think
0: do you have anything you would like to discuss about spring related agriculture concerns
1: well, every spring's different. Um, that's what's interesting about South Dakota, what makes it great, I guess. Right. Um, so, you know, you just look back uh, 14 months ago and we were in a severe drought, right? We had no moisture last spring of 2022 and we had dust storms all over the place. The dirt was blowing all over the, all over the roads and, you know, they had to shut down roads when people they couldn't see. Well, this year uh, we have springtime flooding because of uh, so much snow. So what's really important is to keep residue. uh, First of all, follow follow the five soil health principles, but keeping residue and keeping your soil undisturbed and protected so those different events don't affect you in a negative way. I always like to say we know the wind's going to blow every year. Some years like this year, it's wet, so we don't have dust blowing all over the place. But I think it's our responsibility as a producer to protect that soil in case the wind does blow and it's dry. And, uh, you know, this year we're fortunate because we don't have, uh, we're not dry, we have moisture. But uh, every year something can happen if you don't take care of that soil. It's so important to take care of that soil.
0: Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know?
1: I would really encourage people if they haven't to become a member of the Soil Health Coalition. I think it's very valuable. Um, We put on events throughout the year in all places in South Dakota. Just to give a little background to the coalition, our board of directors is nine producers that are across the state. We have uh, one of our board of directors is out by Rapid City in the southwest part of the state. And we have a board of directors, Uh, near Twin Brooks, which is by Millbank, in the northeast part of the state. So we're very well covered. You know, our mission statements are very basic. You know, our mission statement is to promote and improve soil health. And our vision is a collective effort to increase egg production through diversification and improve soil health. So it's very basic. We're just trying to help producers have a better lifestyle, be more profitable, and uh, protect the resources that we have
0: so you had mentioned the five principles of soil health would you like to go over those
1: yeah um so, so i think of the five principles of soil health sort of like tools in a tool bag the more you have tools the better it's going to be you know i kind of compare it to fixing a combine you don't go try to fix a combine with a just one wrench and one screwdriver you have multiple tools you probably could do the job with one or two tools but it'd be better to have more So the five principles of soil health is the first one is to keep the soil covered. Keep plant residue on the soil surface. And we like to explain it as soil is a living organism, just like the human body. And when it's really cold out, we cover ourselves up. We put a jacket on. We protect our skin. The soil is the earth's skin. And so we try to protect it. When it's very hot, people wear a hat. People will wear long-sleeved shirts so they don't sunburn. It's no different than that. And it's so important to have that residue to coil, uh, cover the soil. You can take temperatures, a thermometer, and in the summertime, you can take and stick it in the ground. And where the soil is covered, that temperature will probably be 20 to 30 degrees cooler just because it's protected from the sun. But it also protects from the wind, raindrops, it's important for that. So, so many reasons you want to keep the soil protected. The second one is limited disturbance. And at first, a lot of people always thought, you know, tillage was the only thing. But as we've gotten more into this education of soil, we've also realized that chemicals and synthetic products are also very hard on the soil. So, first of all, we do want to limit tillage. Uh, our farm, we do all no-till. I have not tilled anything in 12 years on our farm. And uh, we have tried to cut back on our, our chemicals, uh, our synthetic fertilizers we're cutting back on. We don't use any insecticides or fungicides because we just think that's harmful to the soil. The third thing would be living roots. Keep a plant growing as long as you can throughout the season, mainly a corn and soybean Rotation in our state of South Dakota, those plants are really only living for about four to five months, where native prairie is living 12 months out of the year. Even though it's not green in January or February, it's still living. And when it's living, it's producing bacteria and carbon to feed the microbes in the soil. So we try to leave a living rut As long as we can in the soil, and the way we do that is planting cover crops after our main crops that we harvest. So after we harvest wheat and oats, we'll put in a cover crop in. Uh, After we harvest our corn, we'll put a cover crop in before our next year's soybean. So we try to keep a living root as long as we can. The fourth one is diversity. Diversity is really, in a nutshell, trying to mimic Mother Nature. If you go out in the native prairie, there's hundreds of different types of plants living in that native prairie. From cool season grasses to warm season grasses, forbs, slugs, all sorts of different species. And so diversity is really important because each crop takes up different nutrients and puts out different exudates into the ground. We try to increase just having a corn and soybean rotation, add some oats to it, add some wheat, switch off to some alfalfa, just try to grow different crops. On my farm, we grow seven different crops. And uh, I'm not saying it's always easy, but we really think it's better for the soil by doing that. And the fifth one, which is probably the most difficult to do, especially in some areas of the state, is integrating livestock on the landscape. There's nothing that can compare to having a ruminant animal on the landscape and the cows, sheep, whatever it is, their biology is really beneficial to the soil's biology and it interacts really well. It's a good way to cycle the residue. Uh, Some producers say the reason they till is because they have too much residue out there. Well, you put cattle out there for 60 days and they take care of that problem naturally naturally. They consume that residue and they spread it around the field. So those are the five principles of soil health. I think, personally, that they're all very important. And it helps the more you do, you'll see more benefits by doing those practices. But yeah.
0: Thank you, Van. All this information is very helpful to other producers who are concerned about soil health and are looking for ways to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll catch you next time with more guests and topics related to the current ag climate.